Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's good to be with you today. Today we enter into our 40th consideration, expressly dealing with only the consideration of the person of Jesus Christ. So far, we will have spoken in this series for almost 24 hours straight, exclusively about Jesus, without going over the same ground twice. And if we did traverse that ground again, there would be far more to see about the aspects that we've already spoken of. This, this person, the, the reason why I say this is because the person of Christ is like inexhaustible. You can't get to the end of Jesus. There's always something more to see about Jesus. And he is, and, and if he is that way, which he is, how much does it really glorify God when people aren't, are content to only know a, like a few short things about him? Is God really glorified by people who hold shallow assessments or remain largely ignorant of his son when they have the opportunity to press in and see more about him? See, God forbid. He's given us the record. He's given us an understanding. He sent his Holy Spirit. He sent his prophets and his apostles and preachers and teachers so that you would know him. God wants to be known. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Focus on him. He's the one that's bringing us to the Father. He's the only way you're ever going to know God. And that should always be our aim. As long as we're here in this life, this should be our overriding emphasis and aim. The excellent knowledge. The excellent knowledge of the Son of God. It's worth forsaking everything for. Is there something in your life that's getting in the way of that excellent knowledge? Put it aside. Forsake it. Now, mankind was made to serve. We were created to serve. No person exists in the entire world or has ever existed that operates as a purely independent creature. There is no man who acts independent of a master. If the angels were made to serve God, and we were made lower than the angels, you'd better believe that as it concerns us in this life, you were created to serve. Right now, as you are listening to this message, Wherever you are, whoever you are, you are serving somebody even right now. You're serving somebody. You have always been serving somebody. And you will continue to serve somebody. You're either going to serve the Lord of glory who made you and formed you from the dust of the earth. Or you're going to serve the devil. Those are really your own two options. Now those who serve the devil unless they are a self-proclaimed devil worshiper, they're completely oblivious to this fact. Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers. He has them convinced that they actually serve themselves, independent of any external control. But this could not be further from the truth. 
if you live your life according to what the world calls independent living, the kind of living where the world says, I'm my own boss, nobody tells me what to do, if you live your life according to that way, Satan has you at his disposal whenever he wants. You've probably known some people that have done things that you, you thought that they would have never have been capable of. Maybe even that person is you. Maybe even it was you at one point in time. What happened? Satan had his way. You were serving the prince of the power of the air. You were by nature a children of wrath. So if mankind was made to serve, well, that means that he was also made to follow. You'll find that most people are naturally drawn to what other people are doing. There is a tendency of man to follow after and even emulate others. Actually, emulation is a work of the flesh, isn't it? As a result, mankind needs to be led. We need to be led. We need a leader. See, most rational people are in agreement with that, aren't they? Most rational people aren't anarchists. They see the good and the value and the necessity of good leadership as well as good community. They, they see the strength in that. See, we depend on others. As human beings, we depend, from even from our birth, we depend on others. It's a truth that all men depend on someone. See, there's no such thing as a self-made man. Every person who ever lived depended on their parents and the Lord who opened the womb from their birth. From our birth, we depend on another to feed us, to clothe us, to nurture us, to protect us, and to love us. As we grow, we depend on others to instruct us. We depend on others to teach us. This is, this is a fact of life. This is a fact of living in this world. We, de we are dependent creatures. We depend on others our entire life. You're, you're dependent. And even those who consider themselves to be self-sufficient, they depended on someone to be where they're at today. And they depend on the resources essential for life, which are supplied by God, by the way. Mankind is therefore all dependent on God for life in the body. It's actually written in him we live and move and have our being. So if you woke up today with breath in your lungs and a heartbeat in your chest, if you have the breath of life in your nostrils, you depend on God for that life. Whether you serve him or not, you're dependent. So if we were made to serve, if we were made to be followers, if we can be led, and if we're dependent, then if we're ever going to be saved, we need a shepherd. If you're ever going to be saved, if you're ever going to be extracted from this present evil world, you need a shepherd. A shepherd is someone who tends, who feeds, who guards, who protects, who governs, who provides welfare. That's what we're talking about. Especially since we have an enemy. And we're not all-knowing. And there's things that happen all around us that we're completely oblivious to. There's dangers. There's unseen dangers. 
Praise God, he's given us a shepherd. But not just any shepherd. The Lord has given us a good shepherd. And this today, we're going to explore, the, explore this uh, blessed personage of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he is the good shepherd. He's given us a shepherd. It's been declared, he's been declaring this since the beginning. You want to talk about since the beginning of the recorded word of God. Abel was a keeper of the sheep, wasn't he? And Abel was slain. Abel was, Abel was the first slain shepherd. And Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they were all keepers of the flocks, the fathers of the faith. Joseph kept his father's flock and provided and protected the people of God from famine, didn't he? See, God, God's been declaring this since the beginning. Moses kept the flock of God in the wilderness. And if you, if you remember, he didn't shepherd the people Israel in Egypt, but he led them out, see? See, he, he led them out of Egypt. He didn't, he didn't shepherd them in Egypt, he led them, see, he led them out of Egypt. See, these are types of our good shepherd. David, the only man in the scripture besides the Lord who was a man after God's own heart, he was a shepherd. He was a shepherd of the sheep and he had a care for his flock. But he wasn't just a shepherd, was he? He was a mighty ruling king. Saul killed his thousands, but David is tens of thousands, see? He was a, he was a wise and mighty ruler. And the prophet Isaiah prophesied. He said, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. See, this is from the beginning. God's been, God's been, he's been declaring this, see, from the beginning. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine as the father knoweth me. Even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Amen. See, this is, the, this is the singularity that Christ is bringing us to as the good shepherd. The shepherd and bishop of our souls is another way that we could say it. He's the good shepherd. He's, Jesus is fully invested in his flock. And it belongs to him. You belong to Christ. He does not watch over us like a hireling does. As a watchman over another man's property. Or as one who is not personally invested. Jesus is not working our salvation as an outsider. Looking after the property of another. But as our elder brother. As our groomsman. 
as our owner, as our sacrifice, as the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. He deeply loves us and he cares for us. And he's laid down his life for us. He's put everything on the line for us. He's gone through great lengths to retrieve us. He laid aside the prerogatives of deity and came down to us. He came to his own and his own received him not. See, he's he's laid down his life in more ways than one. He suffered and endured. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And that through much toil and personal cost to himself. He laid down his life for us. He purchased us with his own blood. You can't get more invested in anything than that. And he's not about to let us go. You know, he said, I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He's not letting us go. He's still seeking out his sheep. I remember the day that Jesus found me. I had wandered off. I had caught a serious disease. I was all alone and helpless. But Jesus found me. I was on the back porch. And I decided after a short phone conversation about the Lord, and I just thought, I should just serve God. What am I doing with my life? I need to serve God. And like the prodigal son who came to himself, I was found by the shepherd. He, He found me. It was on a mountain, pretty bleak and bare. But he's brought me back into the fold and he's bringing me home. And he's bringing you home too. Our Heavenly Father cares deeply in every way for his flock. And he has given to us his son as a good shepherd. He has put us in very good hands. Not only are we forgiven by the blood of Jesus and made accepted in the beloved, but that same Jesus who cleansed us is keeping us in the fold. He's leading us and protecting us and guiding us and teaching us and feeding us. Consider the prophetic words that the psalmist wrote about the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Jesus gives a satisfaction that only he is able to give. And it's a lasting satisfaction. Jesus provides a satisfaction that you'll never have to look to anybody else. You won't want anybody else. When you come to Jesus, like the search is over for that satisfaction. Jesus confirmed this truth when he said, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. A shepherd knows how to care for his sheep, but a good shepherd knows how to perfectly care. For his sheep. Says he maketh me to lie down. In green pastures. He leadeth me beside. Still waters. He he makes us. To lie down in green pastures. Think about that. The resting places that Jesus leads us to. Are fertile. And good. 
Green pastures are full of rich and nourishing substances fit for the flock. They are places designed to be grazed by the flock. And those who stay with Jesus will find that he always leads them to places and makes them lie down in places that are good for the soul. Where we can lie down, not in a state of inactivity. Jesus doesn't make you lay down in a state of inactivity, in idleness, but in an abiding. This is an abiding state that he makes, makes us lay down in. As the branch abideth in the vine, see. It's a, it's, a, it's a resting place in God, see. Not only does he make us lie down in green pastures, but he leads us beside the still waters. He gives rest for the anxious and restless soul. Proper considerations of Jesus will never lead you to an inner agitation and turmoil. That's not, that's not the inner path that Jesus leads you on. He leads us beside still waters. That's, that's the inner place where Jesus leads us. I understand that we've got to pass through some rough waters, but this is, these rough waters are not these waters. These, this is an inner peace. While the storm is raging on the outside, there is a place he is leading us by faith that is calm and stabilizing. It's a peace that passes understanding. He's the prince of peace. He can command peace. He was the one, remember, he could just speak, peace, be still, and the storm would just stop. He's a good shepherd, and he's leading you in places like that. We can trust him to do this. He's the good shepherd. We can, we can put, you can put your faith in a good shepherd. He restoreth my soul. As we follow Christ, we are not only nurtured and protected, and led into the peaceable way. But we are transformed. We're actually transformed into the same image from glory to the glory. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. The outward man is perishing, but the inward man, see, is being renewed day by day. See, this is, this is the ministry that the shepherd has. There's a, there's a restoration ministry that the shepherd has to the flock. He leadeth me. In the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The sheep follow the shepherd and follow closely. See, we're following the shepherd closely, not at a distance. We're following him closely. Those who stay with the shepherd are always led to do the right thing. Why? Because he leads you in paths of righteousness. He leads us to live righteously in all aspects of life. As an exhibition of the manifold wisdom of God. See, this is, this is glorifying to him. When he leads you in paths of righteousness, it's for his name's sake. That, that, this is an exhibition of the wisdom of God at work. It's glorifying him to the universe of created personalities who, de who desire to look into these things that the Lord's doing. Jesus has been entrusted with the flock by the Father. Just as Laban required the flock at the hand of Jacob, remember? The Father requires the flock at the hand of Christ. 
of which Christ is declared. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. There is nothing that we can pass through with the shepherd in which we need fear. He will protect us from the enemy, even the last enemy, that is death. A shepherd is aware of approaching danger even when the flock is not. Our good shepherd comforts us in times of trouble and opposition with his rod and with his staff. That is, he is not only able to protect us from the enemy, as David delivered his flock from the lion and the bear, but he has been given the authority and power to keep you from evil and to keep you from falling. The rod and staff of Christ are a comfort to the people of God. It's a comfort to know that Jesus is over everything. That's comforting. And if it's not comforting to you now, when you're in the midst of the trial and you put your faith in Christ, it'll be a comfort for you then. Thy rod and staff, they comfort me. This is why Paul wrote with this persuasion. He said, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, all things that you can't see, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that's confident. That's a statement of confidence. That's a statement of someone who's been comforted by the rod and staff of God. Those who stand close to him are not only kept from dangers without, but they're kept from dangers within. They're kept from, from, from sheep, from wolves in sheep's clothing. They're kept from going astray. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The provision of God is not hindered by the presence of our enemies. The shepherding of the Lord is not, it's not hindered by the presence of our enemies. But rather it is, it is specially prepared and intended by the Lord as a provision, as a protection, and as a hiding place that we partake of whenever they are present. He gives us access to his providence and leads us into it no matter where we are. And no matter who is present, that's a great consideration. He makes sure that his sheep have something to eat at all times and be strengthened and thankful and satisfied. You can be thankful and strengthened and satisfied in the presence of your enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. We are exceedingly blessed of him. Amen. We've been exceedingly blessed of the Lord. This is a, ble- this is a blessed arrangement. Mm-hmm. This blessing is more than we can properly contain. You can't, if you consider this blessing, it, you, you can't contain it. Your cup runs over. 
can't contain it all. Lord, give us a bigger cup. That should be our prayer. There is not any lack. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you properly consider everything that I just listed, if you actually properly consider that, that will be your conclusion. These things lead us to conclude that there is nothing but good for us concerning our future with him. And we trust him with everything that we are. He provides us with an enduring confidence. He does all of these things because he is the good shepherd. We admit as his sheep that we are in desperate need of such a shepherd. Never at one time are we anything but wholly dependent on our shepherd. And I praise God for such a caring Lord as the Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who laid down his life for us, who's provided us these things because he's laid down his life, who is 100% personally invested. We've got a a faithful God. He didn't leave us alone. We're in a flock. We have brethren. We have an advocate. We've got an intercessor. We've got a comforter. We've got a savior. We've got a great high priest. And we've got a good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And now the God of peace, which brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Thank you, brethren.